please continue to call 510-848-5732. This is KPFA in Berkeley, KPFB in Berkeley, KFC up in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. It's 3 p.m. Stay tuned now for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who in light, light them up, boys, there's your picture, drop the shadows out of sight. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Yes, I, I want to get that book here on Earth. A Natural History of the Planet. I've only had a chance to glance at it, but enough to know that i got to have it. Uh, that's the one that Mitch was just offering you. I have a book today. I'll tell you all about it in a minute. Uh, first of all, I want to thank, I want to thank my engineer, Frank Sterling, whom I, I just never know what to say to Frank. He's, what is it, Veronica, uh, one of our, um, staff here t- uh, lately, Veronica, she tells me that that Frank is a righteous man, and I just think it's probably, I believe it to be true. It took me a while, but I believe it to be true. Frank Sterling is a righteous man. On the other hand, he must be fed, you know, so we got to keep this marathon going. we got to have some money today. But first of all, uh, I, I have to admit to being completely flummoxed and flustered today because I had about 19 things to tell you. I've got to start learning to synthesize. First of all, I wanted to review all these cable television shows that deal with politics. People say, oh, you watch television. I said, yeah, I love it. It's history. We've actually got history on the telly. I don't mean on the networks. I mean on cable television, HBO, Stars, Showtime, you name it, Camelot. Oh, I love Camelot. It's all about power in the time of King Arthur. I love the Borgias. It's all about power in Italy in 1492. It's almost as good as a series that was on last year called Rome, 23 Hours, all about the Rome of Julius Caesar in 53 B.C. There's even one now called Game of Thrones, all about power in fantasy land. Uh, I'm not hooked on that one, but the costumes are terrific. I like it when they really pick a period in history. Game of Thrones... uh, Everything but the kitchen sink in there. It is vaguely medieval, but I prefer, I prefer Camelot with the, uh, you know, the, uh, what do you call that? The myths, the legends, um, Morgan Le Fay, Merlin, Ralph Fiennes plays Merlin. Never mind. No time for that. I just noticed this week that only Nurse Jackie is a show about compassion. 
about something besides cruelty. <laughs> you know, it's billed as a comedy, of course. Um, yes, the cultures of cruelty and the cultures of compassion. Fascist nine, feminist six. I hope you heard Amy Goodman's show this morning, Democracy Now. Uh, you know, she had the playwright Tony Kirshner on because he's been dissed by a board member at CUNY in New York. You know, uh, guy's name is Jeffrey Weisenfeld. Weisenfeld, Weisenfeld. He says that Tony Kirshner is anti-Israel, blah, 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 and shouldn't be given... Um, an honorary degree. So there was a big brouhaha and everyone made a fuss and the degree will be awarded after all. More nonsense, you know. Uh, the free speech advocates prevailed, but I think some damage is done when, when those things happen. Uh, what I did want to tell you, I know that there are a number of uh, women and two men that I know who are fascinated with uh, uh, the subject of pacifism. They um, called me after last week's show when I talked about uh, pacifism. What is it? There's an article in the current Harper's, uh, May Harper's, called Why I'm a Pacifist, the Dangerous Myth of the Good War. It's all about the uh, war resistors in World War II, which is the people who came to, uh, well, they created KPFA in 1949, you know. That's what we're all about, and that's why we're having this marathon, because they thought that maybe it was a good idea <laughs> to have peace on Earth, you know. Oh, I don't know. Uh, what interested me most was the bit that Amy had this morning about, well, it was a book about, uh, never mind. It is just too much material. Emmeline Pankhurst is what it was all about. Now, those of you who are die-hard feminist scholars know that Emmeline Pankhurst and her daughters were the British suffragists who did battle during World War One. One of Emmeline Pankhurst's daughters, Christabel, worked for the government, that is, worked for the war. The other daughter, Sylvia, was an out-and-out -out pacifist. Uh, and uh, if you care about that era, or if you're interested, you might check out a TV series that I just loved. I'd love to try to find it. I've called a couple of uh, video stores, and I never heard of it, of course. Uh, it's called Shoulder to Shoulder. It had the great Sean Phillips playing Emmeline Pankhurst. Remember Sean Phillips? She played the <laughs> the wife of Octavius. Remember Livia in I, Claudius, that terrific uh, television series many, many years ago. I think it was in the 80s. Uh, anyway, the pacifists are always with us. Uh, I hope, I hope that, what is it, um, we get wiser as time goes by. Uh, I hope that... Uh, some of these, some of these historical events, uh, you know, might just kind of ring a bell. And most young people I know uh, do recognize, you know, uh, what's gone before that. Well, you know, they've been there, done that. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, now, what I've got in my hand today that matters, that's serious, I mean that I have to sell, is a book. 
it's my premium, and I'm probably going to have uh, some some of it left over for next Tuesday. We'll see how many we can sell. Um, the publishers are sending me at least five. This is a book, The Untold Story of Barack Obama's Mother by Janie Scott. title is A Singular Woman. And the main thing, hope you're still listening, folks, ah, the main thing about this book, uh, well, there's rumors going around, you know, that Barack Obama didn't like his mom, and of course it's not true, but uh, the author, Janie Scott, will be at Book Passage tonight in San Francisco. I must mention this again at the end of the hour. Uh, that's... Wait a minute. No, no, no. It's not tonight. This is Tuesday. The reading of Janie Scott is tomorrow, Wednesday, Wednesday night, 11 May, 2011, 6 p.m. Now, we'll repeat that one time. You can call Book Passage in San Francisco to confirm. Uh, it's tomorrow night, Wednesday, 6 p.m. You know, they're usually at 7, but anyway, she's going to tell you all about Ann Dunham, the mother of... Barack Obama. Now, this is a very thick book, very, very much researched. I, I've been disturbed lately by the number of people who just read an article or, uh, you know, they just got a glimmer uh, of this woman and her background. And I, I thought maybe it would help <laughs> if they looked a little more closely. My favorite story about Ann Dunham still has to be the one about the time that... Uh, Barack, he was then called Barry. Barack and his sister Maya took her to see them. Well, she actually took them to see the movie Black Narcissus because she thought it was so wonderful, you know, and celebrated uh, black music, black art. Ah, uh, uh, yes, it takes place down in Brazil, you know, Black Narcissus. It was a revelation to us when it came out, but. Barack did say in uh, one of his autobiographies there, he did say that he uh, thought at the time that his mother was a little naive, that she romanticized black people. And uh, I think that's where people get the impression that, uh, well, you know, that he, what is the word for that? Uh, let, let's say that he... He was a little condescending toward his mother. Uh, let me give you... Uh, well, the thing is, you see, uh, here he is uh, quoted in Dreams from My Father, preface to the 2004 edition. Barack Obama writes, I think sometimes that had I known she, that's his mother, would not survive her illness, I might have written a different book Less a meditation on the absent parent, more a celebration of the one who was the single constant in my life. There you go. Uh, actually, if you read his autobiographies carefully, you will find that, of course, uh, his mother was his primary parent. And, of course, that means that uh, all of his likes and dislikes... Uh, come to the surface. His father was, what do we call that, uh, a myth. Someone that he met um, only once when he was 10 years old. His 
Dad came from Kenya to visit, and it was not a successful visit. And Father was mostly angry. I think I told you last time because Barack was watching a television program called How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and he thought that that was disgusting. Uh, well, you know, not academic. Uh, he disapproved of frivolous television watching. <laughs> anyway, back in 2008, when Barack Obama was running for President of the United States, he said at one point, I am the son of a black man from Kenya and a white woman from Kansas. And of course, this whole book, A Singular Woman, The Untold Story of Obama's Mother by Janie Scott, this whole book is written to um, uh, explain that the white woman from Kansas was more than just, uh, to call that uh, a cipher label. Labels always reduce things, you know. Uh, anyway, Janie Scott starts out in her prologue. She says that she's looking at a photograph that showed the sun. But my eye, she says, gravitated toward the mother. First glimpse was surprising. A stout, pale-skinned woman in sturdy sandals, standing squarely a half-step ahead of the lithe, darker-skinned figure to her left. Her elastic band, well, his, no, pardon me, his elastic band body bespoke discipline, even asceticism. Her form was well-padded. Territory ceded long ago to the pleasures of appetite and the forces of anatomical destiny. He had the studied casualness of a catalog model in khakis. She met the camera head-on, dressed in hand-loomed textile, dyed the color of indigo, silver earring, half-hidden in the cascading curtain of dark hair. She carried her chin a few degrees higher than most. <laughs> I love it. There's a bit in this book that says that... Uh, his mom's chin, yes, Ann Dunham's chin, uh, is visible in Barack. It's actually the chin of his grandfather, too, uh, his mother's father. Uh, his right hand rested on his mother's shoulder lightly. The photograph was taken on a Manhattan rooftop in August of 1987, emailed to me 20 years later. It was a revelation and a puzzle. The man was Barack Obama, age 26, the community organizer from Chicago. He was on a visit to New York. <laughs> I think that's the time they went to see Black Narcissus. The woman was Stanley Ann Dunham, his mother. Now, uh, I have to remind uh, people that the first name, Stanley, is the name of Anne's father. She was given that boy's name, man's name. I think I will just call her Anne Dunham to avoid confusion, but her real name is Stanley Anne Dunham, his mom. Anyway, she goes on at great length to talk about the similarities and dissimilarities between these two people. Uh, yes, the white woman from Kansas. And he goes on about 
she goes on about the oversimplifications that we've been reading in the uh, in the papers. Let's see. Some people have said that the mother abandoned her son. Uh, she left him with her mother and father uh, at one point when he had to go to school. He wasn't getting a, uh, an education in Indonesia. She had to get up at dawn to teach him his English. Um, anyway, the author writes, I spent many weeks in Hawaii where Anne became pregnant at 17, married at 18, divorced and remarried at 22. That was when she married uh, the Indonesian Lolo, his great character. I, I thought his... Uh, his role as stepfather, I think, would be the primary f- fathering uh, imprint for Barack. Uh, the author goes on to say, I traveled twice to Indonesia, where Anne brought her son at age six, and from whence she sent him back alone, age ten, to her parents in Hawaii. I visited dusty villages in Java where, as a young anthropologist, Anne did field work for her Ph.D. dissertation on peasant blacksmithing. And she goes on in this uh, prologue to talk about the uh, the work Anne did uh, with microcredit. You know, that's a big deal these days. Uh, she was particularly interested in textiles. Yes, all these... Um, Yes, all these, all these things seem to me to, to, um, is it to paint a picture of a woman who was um, <laughs> not just a bohemian, but an aesthetic, an artist. The whole family is full of teachers. To describe Dunham as a white woman from Kansas, the author says is about as illuminating as describing the son as a politician who likes golf. Intentionally or not, the label obscures an extraordinary story. The girl with the boy's name who grew up in the years before the civil rights movement, before the women's movement, before the Vietnam War, before the pill, a woman who married an African at a time when nearly two dozen states still had laws against interracial marriage, and who, at age 24, moved to Jakarta with her son in the waning days of an anti-communist bloodbath in which hundreds of thousands of Indonesians are believed to have been slaughtered. A footnote here, if you're interested, there was a movie called The Year of Living Dangerously. Unfortunately, it had Mel Gibson in it, but it was a pretty good picture um, it it introduced people to the anti-communist bloodbath that took place in um, uh, Jakarta at that time. You remember uh, the best character in that movie was Linda Hunt. Uh, she remember she um, played a a man, a reporter who eventually commits suicide in an effort to wake up the people. Uh, anyway. Anne Dunham spent half of her adult life in a place barely known to most Americans, in an ancient and complex culture, in a country with the largest Muslim population in the world. 
She spent years working in villages, places where an unmarried Western woman was a rarity. She immersed herself in the study of a sacred craft, long practiced exclusively by men. As a working and mostly single mother, she brought up two biracial children. She adored them. She believed her son in particular had the potential to be great. She raised him to be, as uh, he has put it jokingly, a combination of Albert Einstein, Mahatma Gandhi, and Harry Belafonte. She then died at the age of 52, never knowing who or what he would become. Had she lived, Anne Dunham would have been 66 years old. Let's see, on January 20th, 2009, when Barack Obama was sworn in as the 44th President of the United States. I know you all remember that it, his grandmother as well, his mother's mother, died just uh, two days before he was uh, elected. Gosh, that seems... I'm sure that on some level they know somewhere. <laughs> yes. The the best stuff in this, the rest of this prologue is uh, stories from Ann Dunham's daughter, Maya. Uh, yes, she says, yes, talking about her mother weeping in the movies. And it's interesting, there's so many clues here. This is a woman who never learned to drive. <laughs> anyway, she... Uh, she kind of improvised her life. Uh, I see my friend Veronica Faison is here to help me. She's going to help me to uh, ask you to subscribe to KPFA and get a copy of this book. We're going to ask for a $75 donation to get a subscription to KPFA and a copy of this fascinating book. I have not finished it. I'm about halfway through. Some of it seems very familiar from Barack Obama's uh, autobiographies. All but right, Jennifer. Some of it is totally new. What do you think? Give the phone number, sweetie. Okay. <laughs> I can't see. I didn't bring my prescription glasses. It's, I'm a mess today. It's 1-800-843-9-5732. Oh, or 510-848-5732. And um, good afternoon. Of course, this is Veronica. And Jennifer and I want you to know we have this wonderful book, A Singular Woman by Janie Scott, for the ridiculous price of $75. Mm -hmm. Remember, she's going to be at Book Passage tomorrow night at 6. That means that you can see her in person there but in the meantime you can get a copy of this book and you can ask her questions about it if you go to book passage you won't actually no you won't be able to read it until after the but it has great pictures in it i recommend it highly yeah it's it is his chin by golly she gave him the chin so i have to also tell you there's a limited number of copies of this book available here uh for our our fun drive and again the telephone number is 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732 and by the way Jennifer while I'm at it I might as well thank uh, the people who donated the organizations that donated food today thank Rams, you Semi Freddy's 
Cabot, although some people say Cabot. Is that Chabot? I think it's Chabot. <laughs> well, I there's don't no know. H. But anyway, Creamery Cooperative, Hanson's Natural Sodas, La Lime's Restaurant, Acme Bread, and uh, and also I want you to know you can get a free bumper sticker just by, <laughs> just by donating $25. You get to vote and you get a bumper sticker. And backed by popular demand, we have KPFA T-shirts for $60. I got to have a T-shirt. Mine is in rags. So, you know, I'm looking at the thing over here, and it looks like so far you, the person that, that I'm talking to right now, have not called in yet. Well, Let me give you the number, 510-848-5732. 1-800-439-5732. Go, Jennifer. I just think this woman, uh, I hate to say it, but she seemed very familiar to me. I didn't learn to drive either. <laughs> uh, this woman uh, is much younger than I. I mean, she born in 42. Her mother born in 22. I was born in 33. Let's see. She would have been, she'd just be, gosh, she'd be, well, she'd be about... 70 now coming up to 70 but mm -hmm. you know here she's dead at 52 halfway through her life is not fair because she I, want, I want to thank the person who's calling in right now thank you for calling in. thank you thank you thank somebody you. else will join you why don't you join them why don't you call 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732 you can be the second call they look like they're on a date here Barack and his mother here. She's only 18 year, years uh, older than he is. Look at that. They look like a right, couple of kids. Right, but he's taller than she is. Yep, but, they, well, oh, well, that's, I should hope. Thank you, second caller. The, the, the third one's out there, Jennifer. I can feel it. The author mentions that she's, she uses the word stout. I think that's just mean she got thin later because she had cancer for god's sake but wait a minute is the author an african-american woman because no she's not well i don't know i think I, she I probably is no she no, doesn't look like not. one but she says stout maybe she's from the south that's a southern thing janie scott reporter new york times uh she wrote some articles and the publishers called up and said how about a book lady mm -hmm. uh-huh and she, let's see she won Pulitzer Prize in the year 2000 for her national reporting. She's a, she's a, definitely the real thing. Uh, yeah. Her long biographical articles were the ones that most people read. But, you know, people care enough to really want to examine the life. I'm looking here at her at the wedding, Barack's wedding. And it's true. She is a little bit heavier than Michelle. Yes, of course she is. <laughs> And, uh, well, she's the mom. She's you know? the mom. She's the mom. God. I think this book is worth it, if nothing else, for the photos. The, fo the wedding photo of Michelle Obama. I just love it. It's quite beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, it is. That wedding. And it's strange because um, Michelle has the, well, what do we call it? The credentials, the American credentials. She's the descendant of slaves. Barack, on the other hand, is so cosmopolitan, it chokes you, you know what I mean? Yes. A little bit of everything and everybody. If we ever wanted, what do you call that, a multi-multi-multi-cultural, uh, it's, it's a curious thing. This book also tells you a little bit about the ways in which he decided to become black permanently, I think, you know. I well, it has to be a decision when you grow up in the kind of environment he grew right. up in. And, Jennifer, we only have like about a minute and a, a half minute. left. So, you know, I know you've been holding out of this business about calling, but now is your opportunity to call 510-848-5732. 
or 1-800-439-5732. Thank you, dear. You can't afford the book. Pledge $25 so you can be a voter and get a bumper sticker. We just appreciate join, that. Just join. Just join. Exactly. $25 will get you on board. Oh, there's a picture in Hawaii in 1973. I was thin in 1973, too. Yes, so yeah. was I. Oh, God, we were beautiful. And I once. had a daishiki that looked just like that. Look at that. So uh, I guess it's time for us to wrap it up, Jennifer. We gotta uh, go, gotta go, gotta Fred go. Fred is over there looking. Fred. I told Franklin. you. I told you. Veronica told me for, uh, that Frank is righteous. She said he is righteous, and uh, I just kind of like knowing that my engineer is righteous because you never can tell. He uh, makes you look good, Jennifer. Oh God! Not I, that you need it. No, that this is true. You know, <laughs> when you're when you're a wipeout. Let's see. Hey, that's another call. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. News is coming, folks. News oh, is maybe coming. it wasn't, but anyway, take care. Take care. Thanks folks. for listening. We'll see you next week. Okay. Next week, this has been Jennifer Stone and Veronica Faison. and Veronica Faison, and we'll be back on the air same time next week. We'll be looking for you. Till then, go easy, and if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Every Friday, happy endings are the rule. So divine. Up those in dark.